Hey everybody, really excited to connect with you again in this new way and what we're kind of calling the V12 podcast essentially. Um, Once again, just due to public health restrictions, we're not really able to get together physically and so this is kind of what we are doing for the time being and I know that it's not ideal, but I, I also know that God can use it in big ways. And so I'm just so glad that you are joining with us and, and kind of giving this new thing a shot. Um, and, and, you know, we wanted you to have flexibility when you listen to these messages. So that's part of the reason we're doing it in podcast form. I know some of you will sit down and listen. And I know some of you will probably listen to this while you're doing chores or on a run or, you know, homework, because that's all online now. So however you're listening to this or whatever you're doing while you listen, we're just so glad you're with us. If you do happen to be able to sit down and actually take time to focus on this, um, we want you to sit down with a Bible. We want you to sit down with a notepad and just write down any questions or comments or insights you have, um, because those things are going to be so important later. Um, And actually, those are going to be important because this is only the first part of what we're trying to do. Um, the first part is you listening to this message. The second part actually involves you getting together with your huddle group via video chat and discussing what you heard and kind of going over your notes and any kind of questions that you had. Um, and the reason we do that is because it is so good to hear content, but the learning and the life change really happens when we're able to get in groups and discuss with peers and leaders about our reactions to it. And so uh, make sure that every Wednesday you are getting with your huddle group via video chat um, and really talking about this stuff because community, guys, community matters so much, especially at a time like this. So let me kind of lay out what the plan is going to be going forward with this. Um, It is Thursday. We are releasing this on Thursday. And every Thursday uh, we will release a new message on both Apple Podcast and the church website. And so the plan is that on Thursday, this will get released, and then you will have until the following Wednesday to listen to it, take notes on it, think about it. And then that next Wednesday is when we are asking you to get with your huddle leaders via video chat and discuss, um, discuss what, you, what you guys thought about it and what you learned from it. So your huddle leader will be reaching out to you. We're going to do Zoom video chat, and so they're going to be contacting you really soon either via text or email or social media about getting together in those groups but we just know that is so important um, to get in those groups and just allow God's word to challenge you and grow you and to not lose that sense of community um, even though we can't really be together physically right now so uh, so yeah let's go ahead and jump in last night we launched our first online lesson it was kind of kind of a test run um, and we did it, you know, JY and I did it together, and it worked kind of well having two people. You don't have to hear just my voice the entire time. And so I think I'm going to do my best to always have somebody with me in this um, so that we get kind of that back and forth and you can get a, a break from hearing my voice only. So we are back again with JY today. We are in the JY studio. So Yo. JY, welcome to the V12 podcast. I'm back. <clears throat> Uh, JY also acts as producer, so any beats, auto-tune, sound effects you hear is via JY, of course. So um, so we're launching into this new series. It's kind of weird to start a new thing when we're not together, but we're going to start this new series that we had planned because it's so important that we keep growing, and, and this is just something that's really key 
um, not just for students, but for the rest of our lives that we understand this well and that we do it well. So we're going to talk about stewardship, and that's not really a word that we use a lot. You may be Googling that right now if you are at home alone, um, because it's kind of a church word. But Jay, stewardship, if you were to define it just on kind of what you know about it right now, and it's okay if you don't get it perfect, but like, what does that mean to you, or how would you best define that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not definitely not a word we use a lot um, on an everyday basis, but I think it's an important one. It has a lot of deep meaning, especially when we connect this uh, biblically and to what God um, expects of us. But I think just on a, like a, a worldly standpoint, stewardship, I think, you know, I think you let me use your weed eater one time and, you know, that stewardship part of that, uh, you trusting me with that weed eater is just me making sure I take care of it. And I think I give it back to you with literally no string left. So I bought you some string. So it wasn't, um, me just like completely snapping it in half and trying to hacksaw, you know, like rocks with that thing. But, um, the stewardship part of it is like me knowing that this, this is not my possession and I need to take care of it. And so because I used all that string, I think I gave you a whole new spool of string because I, you know, that's a part of that, you know, that stewardship, that responsibility there is to take care of these possessions. So if I was not showing being, if I was not showing good stewardship, uh, I would have brought that thing back to you all messed up and that never really said anything about it, just like it never happened. And so I think that's a big, uh, good example there of, of what, uh, you know, a good example of stewardship right there. Um, that I could give us um, kind of like a personal connection there. So, Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, that was a good explanation. So, Jay, let me ask you this. We kind of jump in. Jay, do you have like a prized possession that you just love more than anything else? That's a tough one. Um, let me think on that. Let, I really – I don't have anything that I like – frame up and if I lost it'd be like oh my goodness but I think just because of so much of what's invested in it I would save my car um a lot of financial investment obviously but a lot of emotion because I you know I, I spent a lot of time in pray and prayer just trying to find the right car for me on this vehicle that I just purchased uh, about a year and a half ago and so there's a lot invested into it and so that's what makes it more of a prized possession for me and I know that it's something that you know, I got to take care of I mean, that's something my parents always instilled in me to take care of your possessions. And so I think, you know, that's something that's been, uh, you know, I try to really take care of it. Try not to hot rod it too much around the block, um, or peel out too much and you got to get the oils changed. So there's a lot of maintenance in that. So, yeah, that's perfect. Um, so is there anything that you've done in your life that you are really proud of? Oh man. Um, I think uh, it's kind of tough. I once uh, was, I played baseball in high school and I wasn't getting a lot of playing time and my junior year, senior year even, uh, and I, I would still show up to practice every single day before anybody would get there and take extra cuts in the batting cage. And I thought I was an okay baseball player. Cause I would definitely tear it up in the summer against, especially against those Salina teams. But, uh, and I, I don't know. I just kind of proud cause my parents always gave me the option to quit in high school baseball, um, because I wasn't getting playing time and they saw it unfit or unfair. And I know a lot of, uh, our listeners right now, our, our youth 
have gone through those experiences of not feeling worth it in an athletic team. And I think I was just, for whatever reason, I stuck it out. I think a big part of it was because my friends were still there and I had a lot of good uh, relationships there. But um, it led to a moment where I actually got to hit my first home run. And if I would have quit and given up uh, during the school season, I would have never got that first home run and actually got the home run ball right up there. So, um, yeah, I think that was just not necessarily a moment, but I think just a, a time where I was going through some kind of, I guess you could say adversity and, and just decided to come out on the right end of that, um, with the guidance of, you know, the support of my parents, but also just, you know, knowing that God's in control as well too. Jay, that's a really great story. I didn't know that. That's like a ESPN 30 for 30 or something right there. I think they're going to pick that up. We got to think up a snappy name for that one. Okay. Last question. Is there an award that you've won that you're really proud of? Award. Hmm. I don't know if there's actually a real award that I can think of that I've won. I mean, medals and stuff and trophies, blah, blah, blah. I guess I got, going with baseball again, I guess I got uh, MVP on our Legion baseball team in our district tournament. Um, So I was one of the most valuable players for the tournament recognized for that. And, you know, it's not necessarily I was proud of that because I know the hard work that went into it, but um, I think it's just something, It's it means something to be recognized with those kind of things. And, um, so yeah, it was nice to get that. Not that I like kept that or framed it up or anything, but it was just, you know, nice to get recognized for those things. That's awesome. Um, the, the award that I am most proud of when I was in high school, I was on the tennis team and I won back to back hardest worker Cougar tennis junior and senior year. So, so that is. That is the thing I'm most proud of. But then Katie kind of pointed out to me that that's like the award you give the kid who's not really good. So Jay, as a coach, honestly, is that the award you give to the kid who's not good? Or like, should I actually be proud of that? Um, honestly, I tried something new this year and I, I, uh, I try to give something. I don't like the thought of everybody gets an award kind of thing all the time, but especially like coaching middle school basketball, I think it's important to recognize everybody. And so I always like give out goofy awards like, um, let's see. I gave, hmm, who was it? I gave Allie Hess. I think she got the glass cleaner award. So I think I even gave her like a, she got a prize for like a, you know, I, I think I gave her like a spray bottle or something. I don't remember what exactly it was like glass cleaner or something. I don't know. I don't know if she even knew what I was talking about, but just goofy, funny, fun awards. Um, but no, I don't think I give it to just somebody who, like your awards just somebody who uh doesn't deserve it but you know or the worst player but i don't know maybe your coach had a different thought on that no coach stevie if some for some reason you're listening to this podcast i know you gave it to me because i was the hardest cougar worker so so um jay those things you mentioned those are really i mean those are worthwhile things those are good things and um and there's no harm in having things we're proud of or having having pride in things that we've done because we should be proud of those things. We've all got those things. But the danger comes when the M word starts to creep in. Um, that mine, you know, where we really start to take possession of this is my thing. This is my accomplishment. Because it is so natural for us to take possession of things, for us to take credit for things, to stake our identity in things. Um, and the reality is that none of these things really belong to us. The reality is that we don't really own anything even things that we've accomplished, they were all made possible because of certain gifts and talents that were given to us. And so any status I hold, anything I've done or anything I own, 
it's it's a gift it really is it's not something deserved and the truth is that you listening right now me and jy recording we are all here only because a creator created us the, a creator decided to breathe life into us and he is the one that actually allows us to keep breathing and so this is something that i heard a pastor say one time just literally that every breath you take is an actual gift from God that he could stop your breathing anytime he wanted to. And so, so often I feel like life is a right, um, but the reality is that life is a gift from God that he allows me to live. Um, and it's not even that I deserve to live or to exist and be here. It really is a gift from God. So Jay, do you have any thoughts on like the fact that life is a gift? Because that is such a deep truth, but not one that I really think about a whole lot. <clears throat> Um, I try, uh, recently, like this year, especially, I've really tried to just see God and more stuff in my life and like every single thing that happens. Um, and it's been a powerful, a really powerful and humbling thing to just think about that as every single second is a gift and God already knows that that second is going to pass by you. And so it's, it's, it's such a, like I said, it's just a, such a humbling thing that to know that how many perfect things exactly perfect things had to go right for even just me and you to be right here talking about this subject right now. I had to, I had to have been born. Obviously you had to have been born. We had to have crossed paths, whatever it was, whenever it was for this to make any kind of connection. And you know, you had to, I had to be off school for this to happen. You know, the coronavirus had to happen for us to be talking about this right now. Um, so there's so many just like perfect connections that God knows were supposed to happen. Um, to lead up to this moment. And I just see that as such an amazing gift, just to understand, just the understanding of that is the gift. And and everything that falls under that is also just an amazing gift for sure. Yeah, so we're going to go a few places in Scripture today that just remind us that everything really does belong to God because that is the basis of stewardship, is just understanding where true ownership lies and that God is the true owner of things. And it's so easy, especially right now, um, to feel a false possession of things, right? To feel like, you know, my school year was ripped away from me or my ability to watch basketball or to hang out with friends, you know, those were my things and they were they were taken from me. But the reality and, and something that God may be trying to teach us right now is that those things are gifts, that we do not own those things just like we don't own anything and they're his to give and they're his to take away. And I think there's just a real truth in realizing that this sense of false possession that we feel so often is just really detrimental to us. So um, the first place I want to go is Psalm 24. So Jay, would you read Psalm 24.1 for us? All right, Psalm 24.1. It says, uh, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Yeah, that's so good. And if you have your Bible with you, I just so encourage you to open it up to Psalm 24 and just highlight that verse. That will never be a verse that will not be applicable to you. That is so um, important. It's such an eternal truth. So that's the first place you want to go. The second one I want to hit you guys with is in Matthew. So Matthew 25, 14 to 27. Um, we are trying to keep this podcast as brief as possible. So I'm not going to read that whole text to you right now, but I will summarize it for you and ask you to go there and read it after this. But Psalm 25, 14 through 27 is a parable that Jesus taught about the three managers. And so essentially what happens is in this parable, Jesus tells a story of 
um, an owner, a landowner who entrusts three different servants or managers with different amounts of silver, and he asks them to take care of him while he's gone. And so he leaves on a long journey, and he comes home and asks each manager to show how he has stewarded, how he has managed the silver he's given. And, you know, one does really well, one does okay, and then one does really poorly. And basically the manager, um, or not the manager, the owner says to the managers, hey, you're going to be judged on how you've handled this thing. And the core truth of that is that God entrusts us with things and that we're to use them for his glory. Um, And I think it's so true right now, just for us, that it reminds us that we are not owners of things. Just like those managers, those stewards were not owners of the silver that their their landmaster had given to them. Just like you are not an owner of the things God has given you. You are not an owner of your talents. You are not an owner of the thing, the possessions he's blessed you with. Those truly are things that he has given to you for a time, and he is expecting you to honor him with. And so it's just a, a really good reminder that we are managers right? Because this is where this word stewardship really comes into play. It's realizing that we are managed, that we, that we are entrusted to oversee things that God has given us, to watch over them for him, essentially, and use them for his glory, and to not, to not claim them as our own, to not um, kind of go off the rails and say, nope, this is my thing. I'm going to use it for myself because that is not what God wants for us. And it's so important that we see ourselves this way because that is how God sees us. He sees us as managers. He sees us as stewards. He does not see us as owners of his possessions. And so anytime our view of things is lined up with God's, that's where we want to be. We never want to be seeing things from different perspectives. So um, another story that tells this so this this so well in the Bible just about how we are to be managers and not owners is the story of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel 4. And so another place we're going to go is right there. So if you have your Bible, flip back to the Old Testament. We are going to go to Daniel 4. And um, if you don't have your Bible, pause at this point. Hopefully you do have it by now. But pause and grab it. Um, remember that the notes and the questions you're writing down are so key. So So keep doing those things. I don't know. Maybe you are not sitting down. Maybe you are like... I would say mowing the lawn, but it's only March. But maybe you're like doing yard work or you're folding laundry. Maybe you're on a run and you just completed like your second mile. So keep going. That's really good. Um, But wherever you are, we hope that you are with us on this one. Okay, so I've given you time to get there. So we are ready to read in Daniel 4, specifically Daniel 4, 29 through 33 is where we're going to be. And JY is going to read it for us. But before he does, let me give you some backstory on this. So in Daniel 4... Um, the prophet Daniel has been summoned by Nebuchadnezzar because Nebuchadnezzar is this king and he had this dream about this huge tree that was cut down and burned and all that's left was this stump and it really worried him. And so he calls in Daniel and says, Daniel, what is this about? And he tells him, hey, the tree is you. If you do not turn from your selfish ways and start to honor God, he is going to cut you down. He is going to humble you and things are going to stop going your way. Um, but in typical Nebuchadnezzar fashion, he ignores this and keeps living his own life. And so where we pick it up is a year after that dream happens and, uh, God starts to take action with Nebuchadnezzar. So this is Daniel 4, 29 through 33. All right. Uh, Daniel 4, 29 through 33. It says 12, 12, 12 months later. He was talking, he was taking a walk on a flat roof 
of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you will live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society and ate grass, he ate grass like a cow and was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagles' feathers and his nails were like birds' claws. So, pretty wild story. This king who has everything is driven mad. God makes him lose his mind, and he goes out, and he lives like an animal. And the only part of that that sounded good to me was, you know, as somebody who is growing their hair out, um, the, the long as eagle's feathers kind of appealed to me, but everything else, not so much. So, so God has humbled Nebuchadnezzar for not trusting him and not giving him his due. So... Um, yeah, Jay, I was going to ask you what Nebuchadnezzar's problem was, but I kind of just said it. But yeah, he he uh, he took credit for everything that God gave him. And, you know, this sounds ridiculous, and it even sounds like, you know, duh, you shouldn't do that. But the truth is that he took credit for the good things in his life. Um, and we are so often sharing in that mistake with him because at its core, the mistake that he made was the mistake of self-sufficiency. If you're taking notes, write that down. This mistake of self-sufficiency, it's, it's thinking that we are independent people, that we are capable um, people who we own ourselves and we own everything in our lives and we don't owe anybody anything. Um, and this self-sufficiently, this self-sufficiently um, it says that we don't need anyone, even God. And it sounds bad, me even saying that, and it probably sounds bad to you hearing it. But the truth is that when I look in my heart, I see self-sufficiency all the time. I see, uh, I see this pride in me that, that says, you don't need to read God's word. You don't need to listen to him. And it's this fleshly side of me that just wants to run my own life. And I have to kill that every day and say, no, you are not. You are not independent. You rely on Jesus. You are filled with his spirit and you need him every day. And so I feel that way. I imagine you guys probably feel that way to some extent. Jay, do you ever, I mean, you're perfect, so probably not, but have you ever felt like that before? Uh, yeah, like you said, every single day, definitely far from perfect. Um, I think it's important. Uh, I think one of the best things I ever heard, I mean, just recent years, I think I read a book. Uh, I think it was not a fan. I think you've read that one or recommended that one, but um, I read that book probably about four or five years ago, maybe, and, and something really hit me in there. And I never really, I mean, I've probably heard it before in a sermon or something, but I've never really like thought about it deeply is that every single day we got to carry our own cross. And, and, you know, you think back to Jesus when he was carrying his cross and everything he had to go through, literally he did that all for us. We have to take that on ourselves now, not necessarily take our sins on, but take on the, the, uh, you know, just, just the understanding that we have got to make that choice to turn to God every single day and every single hour, every single minute. And, uh, I know my huddle group, I've tried to, I've really tried to challenge them every single thing they do. Like 
um, when we were in school, like literally before you exit your car, just tell God, hey, God, you're in control here. Show me, show me your love. Show me something. And that's what a big importance of those breath prayers we've been working on was. So I just know that that's something, of course, that I struggle with. Um, just make, but I mean, it's a very important thing that needs to be at the top of our list by always just putting God first before we take one step in the morning. Definitely. Yeah. Good reminder about the breath prayer. I hope that you guys are still on those and still saying those. My breath prayer was God teach me to love. And so, um, yeah, just saying that as often as I can. So I hope you still have yours too. But Jay, your words about just killing that desire to be our own uh, masters is is so true and I think that part of the reason we struggle with that is honestly because that's a big part of what the American spirit is built on that's a big part of what our country was built on because this country came from people who largely came from nothing who who came here who started new lives and earned literally everything that they had right and they took a great deal of pride in that and in our country there's this real sense of pride and and making your own way um, and having kind of a do-it-yourself mentality where you can just kind of get things done on your own. And I, I want to be clear with you guys that those things are not bad. I am a red-blooded American. I think those things are great. I, I feel the exact same way. So those things are not sinful. But, um, you know, even though those, that's true, uh, we've got to be so careful not to let that turn into a really a prideful thing for us or to really... Um, take over who we are because the fact of the matter is that even though we accomplish these things they are not our accomplishments they are not our possessions and so yes work hard do the things you need to do and, and take pride in them you know get the GPA win the win the starting spot do those things but at the same time remember that, that those things weren't done by you ultimately that they were done through you um, by a God who allowed you uh, to do that. And so, Jay, I was thinking about like things that we can be really proud of. You know, you threw a dunk down in Allen Fieldhouse, which oh, is a really short list of people who have done that. So I really thought you were going to, you were going to talk on that, but you're too, you're too humble to mention that. So I will, I will mention it for you. So, well, that's to talk about it. So <laughs> I was in jeans and loose fitting J's and yeah, I was pretty pumped. So the, the heart of what we're saying here is that when you do something, it's good that you've done it. You've put in the work, you've put in the effort, and that's excellent. You should be proud of that. But realizing that you were only able to do that because you were equipped to do that by a God who gave you the talent to do it, who gave you the ability, who maybe um, blessed you with a situation to succeed. And so realizing that everything in our lives, you know, really goes back to God, not to us. And Jay, I was, I was thinking again. You know, you're a coach, and so much of what a coach does is equipping their players to succeed on the court, right? Like, you're creating the plays, you are, you are making them do drills so they can build these abilities within themselves. Um, you're hyping them up, you're talking them up in the locker room. So, like, what's that parallel between, you know, God does the same thing for us, he, he equips us, and he gives us the ability to do things. As a coach, you know, what does that look like for you to be able to do that for your players, and is there, like kind of a, a comparison to be made there? I think there's there's definitely a strong comparison there because, you know, you've talked a lot about our spiritual disciplines. And when I think about my practices uh, that my girls go through, 
I, I oftentimes can see some of them getting frustrated because some of the practices or some of the drills are not necessarily too easy, but repetitive and they think they know how to do it. I know how to read, but how important is it? How important is it for me to read my Bible? Right. I know how to pray, but how's important, how important is it to take that time to pray? I mean, that's exactly what it is when I'm coaching. I mean, my girls know how to dribble, but how, is, how important is it to do our dribbling drills every single day? It's so important because we can never be perfect at any of these things. And so we're not necessarily working towards perfection, um, but we're working to get to a level that's going to continue to make us better every single day. And I think that's such a strong connection there with our disciplines, our spiritual disciplines, because if... Uh, we get too prideful in that. Oh, I know how to do this. Like I know how to do a layup. Why do I need to learn? How, why do I need to keep practicing layups? Well, because there's different levels of that, and there's you're just gonna only continue to get deeper and better and stronger and faster, and in your faith, you're just gonna get stronger and more equipped for when tough times come, you know, into your life. And I think that's a very good, strong connection there for sure. Yeah, that's super good. So one more place I want to go in Scripture. If you have your Bible, last place we're gonna go is. Even further back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18. And Jay's going to read this in just a second, but I wanted to give you some background on this too. So in this in this uh, passage, the Israelites have left Egypt, right? And so they're feeling really good about themselves because, you know, they uh, were released by God. Uh, or they were released by the Egyptians because God made that happen. So they, they've crossed the Red Sea. They've made it through the desert. They're, they're kind of on their way to the promised land here, and they're feeling really good about themselves, like they've really accomplished something. Um, and so Moses is going to bring them back down to earth here with what he says in Deuteronomy 8. So JY is going to read Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18. I wish I could just read this in a Morgan Freeman voice, man. Um, here we go. Deut- Deuteronomy, Deuteron, Deuteronomy. 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 There we go. Deuter- Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18. He did all of this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. He confirmed that your ancestors, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. That's good. I like to give JY the hard ones so that he says I'm wrong and then I know how to say I'm right later. But um, but yeah, just quickly, what Moses says here to the Israelites is so applicable to us as well, right? Just because you're successful um, doesn't mean that it came from you. And God's not trying to take your success away from you, but he just wants you to remember ultimately, ultimately where it came from. Uh, one time somebody told me that my glory is too small to live for and that I should live for God's glory instead. And, and that's always... Just really struck me that my glory is so fleeting. I'm only going to be alive for a little while on this earth. Um, it's so pointless to live for your own glory, but to live for God's glory, which is big, which is eternal, which is something that, that can be enjoyed forever by all of his people, is something that is actually worth living for. So just an encouragement to, not to live for your own glory, not to look at your own possessions and accomplishments and say, yeah, I did that thing, but to ultimately give it to God and say, you know, you are the reason that I'm, I'm able to do these things. So... So as we begin this series on stewardship, um, just to reiterate, the very first thing we have to understand is that we are owners of nothing, that we do not own anything. We need to see ourselves rather as managers of the things in our lives um, that God has given us because ultimately 
we cannot claim ownership of anything that belongs to us. It's like if you see a little kid and the kid's like, yeah, I've got a car and a house and I've got, you know, a PlayStation. And it's like, you know, you're a little kid. You did not create those things for yourself. You have a father or a mother who loves you and has given you those things. And so when we talk about our talents or our stuff, we're kind of just like that little kid bragging on stuff that we have no business bragging on. So just a reminder um, to be a manager and not to be an owner. Um, yeah, JY, I think you have some takeaways that you're going to wrap us up here with. Yeah, um, so just like three major takeaways that I think we can have from this message that uh, you gave us, Jordan, is that we, I mean, these takeaways, we definitely need to just keep them in mind throughout this week and actually use them um, so that we can be do our best to be managers and not owners of these gifts and these talents and these just these situations and everything that God gives us and just uh, understand that they're all just blessings from him. So uh, three takeaways. So number one, definitely be thankful. Thank God every day, every time that he blesses you, just thank him. I think we overlook that a lot. And sometimes, you know, things are going well in our lives and we just, I don't need to pray for anything. So because things are good. No, that's that's a completely wrong way to uh, be thinking. Be thankful. Pray Pray thanksgiving to him and just praise his name for the, the good and positive things that are going on in your life. So even sometimes that gets overlooked a lot. So number one, be thankful. Number two, be humble. Remember who is ultimately responsible for the good things in your life, guys. Um, so just understand that I am not the one that has done this accomplishment. I maybe have put in work, but the reason I had that opportunity to put this work in is because God gave it to me. God gave me these legs, these arms, these shoulders, this brain, this the eyes, whatever it is to help you achieve whatever it, whatever you're doing. You have to have an understanding that it comes from God, and you got to give that glory up to Him for sure. And uh, number three, uh, be a manager, not an owner. It's just the whole kind of uh, topic of what we've been discussing here. So remember uh, the, the verse that we talked about, Psalms 21.4, that the earth and everything in it belongs to God. And we are his servants, his managers, his stewards. We are not the owners of anything on this earth. No matter how much we pay for it, no matter how much we've had it or how long we've had it, we're not the owners. It, I mean, everything has to stem back from you know, the creator of the universe. And ultimately, as we understand that more and more, he'll start to reveal more things to us. So be thankful, be humble, and be a manager, not an owner. Yeah, that's so good. So I'm going to just pray us out. And then um, just one more quick note for you guys. But God, we just thank you so much for this time. Thank you that we get to communicate in kind of a new way. I just pray for the students listening, for the leaders listening, for anyone listening, that you would remind them that we are not owners, we are managers, and, and that's not a knock on us. It's actually a real privilege to be able to manage what you've given us and to be good stewards of it. So over these next few weeks, as we learn what it means to be good stewards, to be good managers, um, just walk with us and show us that you are so good, that you have blessed us with so much, um, but that we don't have to be owners to be important, God, that you have trusted us with these things. And so thank you for loving us. Thank you for... Um, kind of this forced downtime to really reassess what it means to follow you in a new way. So we love you, Lord. We give this time to you, and we thank you for being here with us today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we wrap up, that is our lesson for the week. I hope it was useful for you guys. Make sure to hold on to your notes or any questions that you wrote down, um, and make sure to join your huddle next Wednesday as they get together to discuss this lesson. Your, your huddle leader will be reaching out to you and inviting you into a Zoom video conference. Um, and so just be on 
the lookout for that. So once again, thank you for tuning in. We're so glad, J&J, as we are calling ourselves, to be able to come. And La Tarde. Yes, we'll be doing this in Spanish next, so be on the lookout for that. It'll be much shorter. It it will use the word universidad a lot, because that's the only word we know. Um, But yes, we're so glad to be with you guys. So until we're back again, stay safe, be wise, and keep trusting the one who controls it all. Have a great week, guys. Peace.